to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.I.C. Cooper, and with me today is the fabulous Rob London. Good evening. So, are you ready to carry on? Oh, just as, as, as October looms on the calendar, we, we approach one of Spider-Man's spookiest foes. Spooky. Yes, we're talking about Carrion. So, what is Carrion? Carrion is essentially a living corpse. Yeah. With a wide array of ridiculous powers. Yeah, he's very spooky. And he is tied... Oh, he is tied into some very weird Spider-Man continuity. Which I'm glad to talk about. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's almost like this is interesting. Oh, I'm, I'm willing to say that I might be the world's leading expert on Carrion. Oh, I'm glad to have you on okay. for this. It was totally by accident, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm glad to have you on for this one. All right. So, so uh, Carrion, uh, could you describe how he looks? Uh, he is very thin. He is kind of a sickly, sallow yellow color. And he's wearing a bunch of brown rags, and he's got a little purse. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good, nice little messenger bag. Seems like he takes care of it. Like, definitely does not take care of his shirts or pants. Oh, and 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 there there is a hidden secret reason for him to wear this costume. That uh, like a like a behind the scenes reason for him to wear this costume. So, so his name is Miles Warren. Parentheses clone. Yes. Uh, his occupation is probably one of the best occupations. Seeker of vengeance. Good work if you can get it. Yep. His legal status is none. His other aliases is none. His place of creation is New York City. And his place of death is New York City. Hey, I'm decaying here. Rob, uh-huh. I know how much you love carrying. Yes. Single. Also dead, but single. I mean, even no though real- he, even though he's just a clone of Miles Warren, I think it, it's it's Gwen Stacy or nothing for this guy. Well, that's what. And I just do not, you know, I I do not look good in a, a green jacket and go go boots. Well, you're missing out. Uh, so known relatives, none. You think? Maybe Miles Warren would be. Yeah, his I mean, own I relative. think if I were writing this entry, I would put in Miles Warren as creator slash genetic progenitor. That's what I've done with previous clone profiles. And a group affiliation, none. He's a man of his own. Yep. Yeah. So he first showed up in Spectacular Spider-Man issue number twenty-five in uh, December nineteen seventy-eight in the Spectacular Spider-Man. Carry on, my wayward son. <laughs> oh, Bill Mantlo loved pun titles, and I guess he also loved Kansas, the band. And the, and the state. But the band more. Carry so, on, my wayward son. <laughs> we, uh, so, this is a really interesting cover that I like a lot. Uh, so you have Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man. He's being shot with eye lasers. <laughs> Yeah, because it, his it, introduce his introduction happened in the middle of another storyline where Spider-Man was fighting um, the masked marauder, who was a daredevil villain yeah. and was head of the Magia. And the terrible Tri-Man. Yes, the, tr- 
Tri-Man. And a fault full of fear. Yes. Uh, but he's being he's being shot with, I'm going to guess eye lasers, or maybe fearness? Something, I don't know. Uh, and there's like a, there's like a, a white dude, and by white dude I mean like really white. Yeah, that like, that, that is the Tri-Man. Yeah, and and like he's it's like Spider-Man is just like oof, like he, there should be a, a a thought balloon there that says oof, but uh, yeah, he's being point, pointed at and uh, accusingly with a fist being shaked at him and eye lasers. Like Spider-Man is getting the short end of this stick. Oh yeah. Although and, I, yeah, I, it, there's also money and stuff. Yeah, I will point out though, at the very least, Tri-Man only, or sorry, uh, the Masked Marauder only possessed the superpowers of a guy wearing a mask. I mean, that I mean that's a pretty good power for a lot of people. And in fact, his original secret identity was that he was Matt Murdock's landlord. I mean, landlords are villains. Oh, sure. So I, I can believe it. Oh, sure. Property is theft, man. Pro- pro- not only... Well, I'm not going to say... I'm not... I'm not Okay. Not necessary. No, but the landlord class, the landlord class, though, is is an evil class of people. Mm. Yeah, he died in Spectacular Spider-Man, issue number 31. So he had, like, a, you know, decent run. Uh, yeah, he, he lasted a single arc, and he died in a, quite, fa- quite frankly, f- amazing way that I will have to describe. I mean, is it as good as the original, uh, as the original Quasar, who who wield, wielded enough sun a power to vaporize himself? I mean, I would say spectacular in the sense that he was eaten by a giant amoeba while also being on fire. We'll, we'll, we'll get more into it. We'll get more into it. We're talking about his death. Yes. Yeah, let's but- not jump ahead, because of course he his death was his birth. Because he Ooh. is Carrion. Yes. And also his origin story happened to be on his death issue as well. Yeah. Um, so, the creature called Carrion was a clone of Professor Miles Warren, the biochemist, who was secretly the costume uh, criminal known as the Jekyll. Warren had an obsessively paternal infatuation with his student, Gwen Stacy, who died as a result of a battle between the costume adventurer Spider-Man in the original Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, Warren unjustly unjust, unjustly held Spider-Man uh, responsible for uh, for Stacy's death and sought to kill him in revenge. Before what proved to be his final confrontation with Spider-Man, Warren extracted a cell sample from himself and placed it within a casket-like device, which a clone would grow rapidly in age and maturity. By doing so, Warren helped to ensure that even if he himself died in battle, there would still be a Miles Warren, his clone, to carry on for him, my son. <laughs> uh, the original Miles uh, Warren as the Jackal was, in- was indeed killed during his subsequent encounter with Spider-Man. Back in Warren's laboratory, the clone grew into the adult version of Warren. However, the clone casket malfunctioned. And the clone continued to age at a superhuman speed, past the point of what's normal human beings uh, must die of old age. Yet the clone remained alive, and somehow developed superhuman powers apparently Warren had also prepared 
RNA molecules uh, bearing his memories that so the casket could somehow inject it into the human, I mean, the adult clone. I mean, that's a Spider-Man villain. Oh, yeah. That's a Spider-Man-ass villain there. I mean, really, the only thing that's keeping him from being the Spider-Manist of Spider-Man villains is that he's not an animal guy. Well, he's not an animal guy, and he didn't get his powers by an explosion. But he, he's he got the animal connection tangentially via the jackal. Yes, and also, I mean, it's a, it's a lab experiment gone wrong. Yes, and uh, as we know from the Green Goblin and the Hobgoblin and the Jack-O-Lantern, after, other an- after animals, the Spider-Man's number two villain theme is Halloween. Yeah, he Spider-Man is secretly the spookiest vil, uh, spookiest hero. Oh yeah, I mean this guy is one hundred percent ready to host some Tales from the Crypt episodes. I bet you could show up at like a con dressed up as Carrie, and everyone would think you'd be dressed up as like a zombie or the Crypt Keeper or the Crypt Keeper. Yeah, yeah. But they, it's just for like the you know the OG heads, you know, the people just like yeah, Carrie. Yeah, I notice it because you have an immaculate. <laughs> tiny uh tiny purse on your hip yes but really bad clothes mm-hmm. yeah so um finally after warren's students uh one of warren's students uh randy vell uh entered warren's laboratory opened the c- clone casket the clone emerged now bearing a, a cadaverous inhuman uh physical appearance and endowed and endowed with Warren's memories and ability to speak English, the clone forced Vell to become his accomplice. Now, seeking vengeance on Spider-Man for all for the deaths of both Spy- for, for Grin Stacy and the original Professor Warren, the clone called himself Carrion. Vell adopted a costume identity and called himself Darter. Um, I recommend looking him up because he's kind of got like one like one of those sort of wingsuits that people wear to like paraglide. Except he, it's also in the colors of a fruit roll-up. Apparently only showed up in six issues. Yeah, he doesn't survive this initial arc. I don't think we're going to talk about him either. No, he he only gets an appendix entry, which means it was never published. I wish they did the appendixes. Well, so do I. Even if they were, like, shortened. Like, there's so many really good characters that just don't have entries. Yeah. I mean, that gets a lot of them get rectified in the 89 update. I am so pumped to do the 89 update. <laughs> it's like banger after banger. Apparently, Carrion used his deadly red dust to kill him. It, and he has nothing on the comic fine. Which is weird, because they will put the most inane stuff on comic Oh, sure. Fine, which is why I use it. Uh, um, so, um... Carrion met the Masked Marauder, who was the head of the Nefaria family of criminal organization called the Magia. I, why did they say that? We mentioned the Magia a million times in this book. Uh, apparently, the in like the sixties, the act, the real deal mafia kind of controlled like comic book distribution. Yeah, well, well I know this why it's called the Magia. Yeah. But I don't know why they have to go into extra detail about it, because we went over so many Magia people yeah. already. Well, it's like, you know, the real mafia. You know, you got like the, the Gambanos and the Bananos and the what have you. So, you know, you got the yeah. Silver Manes and, uh, and the Count Nefarious and the Hammerheads. 
So, uh, the Marauder sought to kill Spider-Man. The Marauder, not the Marauders, the Marauder. Yes. Sorry. Just the one guy. Just the one guy. Uh, for his recent interference with Magia a- activities, and Carrion offered to assassinate Spider-Man for him. However, the Mask Marauder turned down Carrion's proposal, not trusting him. I wonder why. Maybe he should put on some pants. Carrion. Carrion. I like that. Carrion, therefore, carried out. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I don't know why that tickled me so much. Um, but Carrion, therefore, carried out his uh, plan to a vengeance, aided only by Darter. Uh, Carrion and Darter clashed with Spider-Man and um, and his ally Hector Ayala, uh, who operated under the costume identity White Tiger. Mm-hmm. And I talked about him. Listen to my white, well, listen to my White Tiger episode. We talk about four people who aren't White Tiger and one person who is. That's right. Marvel's first Puerto Rican hero. Yep. Um, finally, uh, Carrion captured Spider-Man and used his cloning techniques to create a monster from the cell sample he- samples he took from Parker. Carrion intended to use the monster to kill Parker, and then Carrion would go to kill Parker's loved ones. Carrion promised to transform Spider-Man, transfer Spider-Man's power to Darter. On seeing Carrion would not carry out his promise, I wish they would stop saying Carrie after saying his name. <laughs> like, it's hard to say. But yeah. Uh, Darter, like, attacked Carrion, who murdered his assistant. Then Spider-Man broke free, because that's kind of what he does. He breaks free of things, and he lifts things. He's really good. Or as Homecoming, or as not Homecoming, Far From Home said, I'm, I'm, I'm really strong and sticky. It's a good summation of what Spider-Man is. So he broke free, defeated the monster, and then, seeking a new victim, the monster uh, attacked Carrion himself. How uh, Somehow, both Carrion and the monster negated each other's superhuman powers, hence Carrion was helpless before the much larger creature. Fire engulfed the scene of the battle, and Spider-Man escaped. The monster killed Carrion, and both were consumed by flames. So yeah, killed by an amoeba, and then set on fire. Yep. It was, a, so, it was uh, a real rough day for Carrion. I mean, really, he, he could have just... They they could have just, you know, let him off with a more dignified death and just let him get eaten by a monster. Not just a monster, an amoeba. I mean, amoeba. I mean, it's still a monster. An amoeba but, yeah. with Spider-Man's powers. I mean, that's also pretty cool. Oh, man. Okay, so you know how they did the whole um, Starro baby thing uh-huh. as, like, as like a Robin uh. for in Batman. That that would be great if like the Abiba monster like came back and Spider-Man was... Nick Spencer should get on that. <laughs> it feels like a thing Nick Spencer would do. I would love to have like uh, the Amoeba Spider-Man uh, like team up. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, uh, so he's 5'10". Weighs one seventy-five. Has blue. I mean, sorry, green. Not green. I'm saying the wrong ones. He has yellow eyes, no hair, and yellow skin. He also has superhuman strength, about ten tons. 
um, and his known superhuman powers, which were not really mentioned. In no, the he's got all. a lot of them. And we're going to go through it. So he has telepathic powers, so he can read minds. Mm. He can reduce the density of his own body and become virtually intangible, then return to his normal density. He can levitate himself in the air, but he can't, like, fly. He could teleport at will. Why do you need to levitate? Okay. Uh, he could teleport at will. The limits are unknown. He can, uh, his acts of teleportation basically make light a bunch of bright light. And um, he does leave the brimstone uh, smell when he disappears, which means he probably goes to the same dimension that uh, Nightcrawler goes to. I'm hand cannoning that, by the way. Yeah. You know, he doesn't bamf. What would his what would his bamf be? Boo, boo. Or no, it's a spooky. And then and then and then you smell sulfur, yeah, or brimstone. Yes. Uh, through unknown means, he can reduce redu uh, organic matter into dust or cause it to burn and become ash. So he has to like touch the organic matter, and and then think about it. Before that happens, mm. he can also ex exercise this power even through a part of his body covered by clothing. Okay, yeah. Uh, he can also repel organic matter or water at will. Yeah, see, the, by doing so, they explained it like I, you know, I'm dead, so I'm unnatural. So very, I can levitate because even the earth is repulsed by me. It didn't make an enormous amount of sense. Not a lot. I just don't like the idea of organic matter or water. Like, just like those aren't on the same level. Yeah, there's a there's a thing where he like gets thrown into a pool and like all the water turns black and then explodes out. Well, he could basically use it to make shields and project him, uh, like project uh, things mm -hmm. at people. Yes. Um, he also uses, like, various chemical substance in the form of red dust as weapons. Uh, so, one kind contained a drug that rendered a victim unconscious, another acted as highly corrosive acid that could eat through metal, and yet another kind was, consisted of a mutated bacteria that killed victims rapidly by eating away their flesh. That is how Darter dies, and it's like an amazing death scene where he just, like, turns into a skeleton. While, while it's screaming. Good. It's very spooky. It's very spooky. So. what Do you want to expound on anything? Okay, so a couple, a couple behind the scenes. There's one behind the scenes thing that uh, has been claimed by uh, Tony Isabella, who uh, a Marvel writer of the same period and knew Bill Mantlo. Apparently his original plan was that Carrion... Because Karrion was set up as a mystery villain, where, you know, he had all these mysterious motivations, and his identity was a secret, as one, and was only revealed in his final appearance. Uh, apparently, Bill Mantlo's plan was that Karrion was going to be the original Spider clone, who had been dumped into that smokestack, and then came back as this living corpse. So they're going to pull some Clone Saga stuff before Clone Saga? Decades before the Clone Saga. And the reason he wears, like, that tattered costume and that little purse is that in a subsequent issue, um, Spider-Man dumps a bunch of Green Goblin costumes in there. 
or he, d- he dumps uh, Harry Osborne's Green Goblin costume into that same smokestack. So he's wearing the Green Goblin's hand-me-downs. Oh, that's weird. Yes, but uh, apparently uh, Marv Wolfman, who was writing Amazing Spider-Man at the time, didn't want two Peter Parkers around. So he nixed that, and Wolfman and uh, Mantlo had to come up with the clone of Miles Warren thing and the spider amoeba. I really want that spider amoeba. It's very, it's pretty sweet. I want that to be. I want that to be a thing. Like I feel like that's an expensive thing. Someone should like slide it across his desk. Be like, yo, this spider amoeba. Like I just, like I mean, he brought back the tricentinel. Yes, he did. So like, it's not much of a reach. No, no. Uh, but yeah, so. Are they still dead? dead? Is he still dead? Well, I mean, he was always dead. He's Carrion. Now, this Carrion has never returned, but there have subsequently been two fall or three other Carrions. So the the whole thing where um. He super-aged while he was in the clone casket, has since been retconned. And in fact, it is uh, they've now established that Miles Warren injected him with the carrion virus, a, uh, which he initially developed in an attempt, this is going to get nuts, in an attempt to make the high evolutionaries' new men more human. Because Miles Warren used to work for the high evolutionary. I mean, of course. Uh huh. And so he injected this uh, and this uh, proto clone with the carrion virus. It turned into carrion. And uh, years later, a sub a sample of the carrion virus was stumbled upon by ESU student Malcolm McBride, who became the second carrion. And he's the one oh. who's in Maximum Carnage, or uh, running around okay. with like uh, you know. Uh, Demo Goblin and Carnage and Shriek and so forth. I'm not a big fan of how many Goblin characters. Like, I like Spider-Man. I really do not like the whole, like, extended Goblin family. And then there was a second, uh, or I guess a third Carrion, uh, who was a government, was a uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. scientist named William Allen, who took possession of the Jackal's corpse after maximum clonage, during which... Uh, the Jackal intended to use the Carrion virus to kill all of humanity and replace them with subservient clones. And then he was infected with the Carrion virus and became the new Carrion. And sometime, and he appeared in various uh, things. He turned up in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy when they, yeah, if, during those issues when they invade uh, the new the uh, Negative Zone prison. He's one of the supervillains in prison there. Uh, he turned up in an incarnation of the Masters of Evil. And then, more recently, the Jackal used a version of the Carrion virus that was like a... It, it sort of it was a virus that walked like a man, where it went around possessing people. Oh, I mean, I like the idea of a, a virus that walks like a man. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah, uh, the, the Carrion. Complicated history. And then, of course, there is also... Um, a an early failed Gwen Stacy clone 
that is infected with the carrion virus, making her look like a zombie Gwen Stacy. That is Abby L. Okay. Because, of course, the failed Spider-Man clone was named Kane, so you have Kane and Abby L. It was it was so, it was very silly. So I have a I have a uh, of a question for you. Uh-huh. So we are kind of seeing a bit of like reference towards acts of uh, acts of vengeance. Uh huh. With through annuals now, mm. where where like uh, villains of other heroes are fighting other villains. Mm. I mean, other heroes. Yes. Um. We're kind of getting that. Like we recently had uh, Ghost Spider or Spider Gwen. I don't like Ghost Spider too much, but yeah. I understand why. Mm-hmm. But but she fought Arcade, and uh, Deadpool fought uh, Nightmare, and I think there was another one that I didn't read. Uh, there were there were several. Um, Ms. Marvel fought the Super Scroll. Oh yeah, and yeah. Moon Knight fought Kang. Oh, I yeah, I read that. That one's really good. And, I love that one. Um, the Punisher fought the Brood. I think. Yes, so, so we're getting references to like all of these like older events and everything. Uh-huh. We just had we just had Infinity Wars. Yep, and you know we had Secret Wars, of course, and mm. it, uh, I mean, unfortunately, we had Civil War too. Yes. Um. So, do you, when do you think they're going to get on the uh, the Evolutionary War? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say right around the same time they get to Atlantis attacks. Ooh, I mean, I mean. I mean, those are some real unfortunate things. I, I have a certain amount of nostalgia for the annual-based crossovers, just because they seemed important at the time, even though they mostly weren't good. Yeah, but I like I like the I I want them to do Evolutionary War, but good. Mm. I mean, is it possible? Well, the Evolutionary War involves a lot of stuff that I believe you personally do not care for. I'm pretty sure the Eternals I mean, were in there. Yes. Uh, it definitely also involved the young gods. Which I am ambivalent about. Okay, well, that, that means you are possibly the world's biggest fan of the young gods, then. I'm I'm very ambivalent. I'm just like, you sure did a good couple of issues in the Incredible Hercules. I'm, boy, I, I have to say, I do not have strong memories of the Evolutionary War. I know that there's the... Oh, is that... I think Speedball turn. I think that's where Speedball appears to the f- for the first time. It may be. Hmm. It's kind of all because uh, I mostly know these from the Spider. The Spider Man issue actually involves uh, Gwen Stacy and cloning, so that's kind of a big deal. Um, the Amazing Spider Man annual is about Speedball, and the Web of Spider Man annual involves Spider Man going to Miami to fight the Slug. Ooh, the slug. I mean, the, the, the slug's deal is basically, you know how the kingpin looks like a fat guy, but he's actually, got, it's a, actually like all muscle? Yeah. The slug's deal it's- is that he looks like a fat guy, and he is actually a really fat guy. Yeah. Which I, we're going to be cover. I think we're going to be covering him in 89 update. I think he's in there, yes. Yeah. So, so what are some other, like, obs- more obscure uh, crossover events that oh. you think they might, might mind? Okay, let me think. Uh, well, this is co- only sort of a crossover event. Uh, I'm thinking Marvel Flashback Month. Uh, for one month in 1997, 
every uh, comic did a minus one issue. Oh, yep, yep. I remember some of that. And it was all, you know, like what happened to this character basically before their comic began. And so you had, you know, like a kid Peter Parker and, uh, you know, Wolverine prior to the Weapon X program, that sort of thing. And I really enjoyed it. And I, I think what I enjoyed the most was for Untold Tales of Spider-Man, since it was even farther in the past, it was actually a story about Peter Parker's parents. That is that where we figured out that his parents were spies? That happened long before that. But it, it's the, really the only oh, – it no. was really the first time you actually saw them doing like spy stuff and, you know, spying it up. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of wondering because like we are kind of going because we are kind of going back and revisiting certain ideas and everything. But also, I mean, I'm sure you're excited about this. They finally brought back the web of prefix. I mean, it's for Black Widow, but they brought it back. Hey, it's something. I I enjoy my. I mean, uh, I know I I was waiting for it. Like. I was waiting for because you know we we brought we have the astonishing and we have all of those but web of was just kind of sitting there and and they finally brought it back. I mean they cycle through the Spider-Man subtitles. We just got um, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Wait, is that the who writes that one? Uh, that's Tom Taylor. He's a Tom Taylor. I, see, the thing is, is I like I pretty much like all the Spider-Man books that are out right mm-hmm. now. Yes. Um, but I always forget who does which one. Yes. <laughs> For whatever reason. They're all pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. I just know that, uh, oh, wait, is it, no, a uh, spectacular, Peter Parker's Spectacular Spider-Man is. That was Chip Zdarsky. Chip Zdarsky, which he's done with that, but, oh my, ooh, ooh, I love that. That was a great run. Yes, and did you read his, did. uh, did you read Spider-Man Life Story? Yes, oh my that god, was ve- so that, that was very good. It is so good. I love it. At first, like I didn't understand what it was trying to do at first, mm. but like I, I read more of it. it was just, it's so good. Yes. But yeah, we should probably. Um, it's probably in this episode. Yes. What's your plug? All right. Well, I am on Stasis Pod, a Transformers podcast, where we go episode through episode through various uh, Transformers programs. We're currently on the third and final season of Transformers Prime, and I'm also a member of the Marvel Research Team. Uh, and our current project is History of the Marvel Universe, where we are consulting on the Fantastic Series by Mark Wade and Javier Rodriguez, which covers the Marvel Universe from the Big Bang to the heat death of the universe and all the cool stuff in between. And I am gleefully looking forward to the next couple of episodes, I mean, issues, because it's going get, to get into the weird, like, near future stuff. That's right. So... Woo! Oh, wait. Are they going to talk about the Thorites at all? Man, I'm so excited. <laughs> Why can't it be next month? I know I sound like I'm being sarcastic, but I am legitimately really excited. I love I love this type of stuff. Yes. So, uh, and it, it's a it's a gorgeous book and and Wade has really, you know, really ties things together in a in a very clever way. So, yes. It's, it's a great read. Yes, it's fair. It's a great read. I feel you should definitely read it. It's a good like primer of like a. I mean, it's it's a very far back look of a uh, look of view. It's a very far back view. It doesn't get super in the nitty gritty, but it it but it like kind of ties together what like how the Marvel universe is such this like weird but like cohesive like universe that like fits together weird weirdly unless you include the X Men. Yes, but 
Yes. So, uh, so yeah, I'm not going to do my plugs again. So this has been Alphabet Flight, and justice is served. Bye. Pum spack. Good night. Hey,